Patrick. What is it? Where are you going? I've got to return some videotapes. You walk into this room at your own risk, because it leads to the future. Yo, see, bitch. I love this, you know, surprise for the city. Yeah, you're gonna love this one. It's a scream, baby. Not a light. Not a light. But where? I'm gonna have to return some videotapes. All right, cut. Um, can I just have a quick word? I'm sorry, I don't want to be a stickler for details here, but um, I feel like maybe that the theme song just isn't a great fit for this episode. I mean, the theme song works amazingly for all the other episodes. I'm still a big fan of the original theme song, but I feel like for this episode, you know, he just doesn't, it, it, it's, uh, it's kind of the wrong vibe. I mean, we're doing a whole reading from the dictionary. It's kind of a literacy themed episode. I just don't, I just don't feel very strongly. You know what we're going to do? Uh, we're going to keep, keep what we've already had. Right, but I just want to do one more take with our backup theme song. He's ready to go. He he's a bit older. He hasn't had a lot of stage time in a while, but he is very excited to be back in the field. So, like I said, love the energy of that first take. Everyone did an amazing job on that one. But we're just gonna go ahead, same setup. Uh, we're gonna roll take two, and I have a bit of a different theme song. So, uh, can we uh, dim the lights? Get ready. Alrighty, and three. Butterfly in the sky I can go twice as high Take a look It's in a book A reading rainbow I can go anywhere Friends to know And ways to grow A reading rainbow A reading rainbow, a reading rainbow, a reading rainbow. And now, I have to return some videotapes as proud to present excerpts from the dictionary by Eric N. The first word I'd like to talk about today is a bit of an interesting one. It's actually of Portuguese origin, so it's a little tricky. The way you pronounce it is saudade, and it is spelled S-A-U-D-A-D-E, saudade. It is defined as a deep emotional state of nostalgic or profound melancholic longing for something or someone that one cares for and loves. Moreover, it often carries a repressed knowledge that the object of longing might never be had again. It's the recollection of feelings, experiences, places, or events that once brought excitement and now trigger the senses and make one experience the pain of separation from that joy. Saudad describes a feeling of both happy and sad and can be approximated by the English expression, bittersweet. Why, why am I thinking about saudad, you ask? I was uh, over at my mom's for Christmas. And it's interesting. It's sort of a, a town I spent three years in when I was a kid, grade five to blah, blah. God only remembers. 
because God knows I don't. But um, I remember when I was a kid, I, I really enjoyed how small it was and how easily it was to get from A to B. You could, you know, walk for five minutes and you'd be at your friend's house, walk for 10, you're at a convenience store. It was just such a nice little thing when I was a kid. And yeah, I got bullied a lot. And yeah, most of my childhood memories from Claire's home involve like literally like picking cigarette butts from the gutter and like throwing knives at each other by the fucking creek. We were dumb children, but there is some kind of magic to Claire's home that is gone to me now. It is just like a a hall of mirrors and every mirror has another bad memory. So... I don't know. I still have that thought when I'm in Claire's home now. Of like, I, I don't like to be there, but like, I remember when I did. Gender euphoria. Uh, Funny enough, there isn't really a great definition of this one in the dictionary, but there is a very, like, almost spot-on description of it in the Urban Dictionary. So, believe it or not, Urban Dictionary is useful for something. And that something is the definition of gender euphoria. An experienced transgender and a non-binary individuals feel instead of or alongside with gender dysphoria. A trans or non-binary person may feel gender euphoria by presenting as the gender they identify with and or by using their preferred pronouns. I 
often struggle with the thought of, oh, you're not non-binary. You just you're just saying that. You know, I've never really felt comfortable in my identity, and I've always had this 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 bit of well, maybe you're wrong. Always, and I think one of the the easiest ways that I I get over that feeling of maybe you're wrong is when I have those gender euphoria moments. Where that's the only word for it. That's the only way you can describe it accurately. It is just I don't know. It's it's such a unique it's such a unique kind of amazing. It's a wild time. And I'm trying to get more and more things in my life that give me just that little bit of gender euphoria. Object permanence. 
Object permanence is the understanding that objects continue to exist when they cannot be seen, heard, or otherwise sensed. This is a fundamental concept studied in the field of developmental psychology, the subfield of psychology that adheres the development of young children's social and mental capacities. There is not yet scientific consensus on when the understanding of object permanence emerges in human development. When I talk about having ADHD, I think one of the best ways I can explain it to people is using the idea of object permanence. Because that is quite literally one of the things I struggle with, is just object permanence. Like, you, you set something down, you walk away, and your mind just forgets that ever happened. It, it's, it's a weird thing. Like, a great example I can give you is I, I had this, like, Starbucks drink. And you know how you're supposed to shake them? when they get the grocery store or whatever. Yeah, so I was doing just that. I put it down, took off the lid, walked away. I kind of set the lid on top of the bottle. Didn't put the lid back on, but, you know, left it there. And I come back, and I'm thinking, oh, hey, there's that bottle of Starbucks thing. I need to shake that. And I didn't realize the lid wasn't on all the way. So I go to shake it and just violently splash the Starbucks caramel beverage all over the blinds all over the wall all over the kitchen table we were all sitting down to eat food it was running to the garage to cry embarrassing is what it was and that's the thing with adhd is that object permanence i tell you man it is it is something i've never gotten a good grasp on and isn't that exactly what what you want to say huh isn't that isn't that neat Take a walk through the peaceful meadows. Don't 
Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Munchausen syndrome. Fuck. I can't say it. I'm going to try it one more time. Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Munchausen syndrome by proxy, MSBP, is a mental health problem in which a caregiver makes up or causes an illness or injury in a person under his or her care, such as a child, an elderly adult, or a person who has a disability. Because vulnerable people are victims, MSBP is a form of child abuse or elder abuse. I've always been very, very interested in that idea. It's, it's the psychological aspect of it to me, especially... It even says later on in that definition that it's mostly mothers. And it's, I'm curious the, you know, just the psychology behind what, what gets you into that line of thinking. You know what I mean? It's, it's always been very intriguing to me. The first time I ever really remember being interested was when the Gypsy Rose case happened. I can't even remember the year now, but you probably know it for the Joey King show, The Act, which was so difficult to watch that I couldn't finish it. I mean, not because of anyone's acting, but the subject matter and the, oh my God, it is, it's one of the things that creeps me out most in the world. And, ugh, you ever see that movie? I believe it's called Run with Sarah Paulson. I think that was the most modern attempt to do it and uh, it sucked. So, at least we'll always have that memory of right when the Joey, the Joey King case, holy shit, the Gypsy Rose case. You know, right when that started, when it was just this really interesting little true crime story. And now it's... Ugh. Children. 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 Run and jump and play. Children. You'll be men and women someday. And then you'll have to leave Your world of make-believe Now children Young, carefree children Children Need someone who understands Children Need someone to hold their hand to cheer them when they're sad, to spank them when they're bad. Now, children, pretty, dirty children. Pride goes before destruction, the haughty spirit goes before a fall. Don't you know that we're all children, and it's all for one and one for all? other name children playing the grown-up game and the thing that's really sad is that we lose the faith we had when we were children loud proud children children who think that they are grown Children with children of their own. From the cradle to the grave, I wish we could all behave like little children. God 
little children Sweet, precious children Pretty, dirty children Anticipatory anxiety involves feeling high levels of anxiety about a future event or situation. While some level of concern about the future is common and acceptable, anticipatory anxiety involves an excessive or debilitating level of worry that tends to focus on negative outcomes. People with anticipatory anxiety may feel nervous for hours, days, weeks, or months before an event. Uh, yep. Yep, yeah, that's correct. Yep, didn't need the dictionary for that one, but, uh... Isn't that strange? How much of mental health can affect your your physical body? Like, my stomach is shot to shit. And, uh, a lot of that is is just my my spicy brain chemicals making my tum-tum all rumbly all the time. So, it's it's interesting to me how this that kind of thing can affect your your body you know what i mean it's 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 one of my favorite parts of therapy is when they they are just like oh yeah well here's the neuroscience behind that and here's how this works and here's how that works it's i'm very glad i'm in therapy now because it is cool to be learning all this shit better late than never am i right kids
Analysis Paralysis Analysis paralysis describes an individual or group process when overanalyzing or overthinking a situation can cause forward motion or decision making to become paralyzed, meaning that no solution or course of action is decided upon. Sounds familiar, don't it? My uh my anxiety riddled friends out there in the world. Ring ring a bell? Check any boxes for you? Overthinking a situation can cause paralysis? Huh. Not that I've ever experienced anything like that. I mean, not like my brain's ever sounded like this. Buildings have uh, suffered some structural damage. A potential risk of a tsunami on the coastal area. Your God is from the underground. So when you pray, you cannot walk around. No one will ever save you. When you're dead, then you're dead. There is no coming back. Your God is from the underground. So when you pray, you cannot walk around. No one will ever save you. When you're dead, then you're dead. There is no coming back. Newsflash! The world cracks wide the front open, swallowing you and your homies whole. Whole notes, whole this remedies, the whole can It is holier than now. Digested by the earth, you have been jailed in the essence, bewitched, imprisoned, disappear in the black expanse. Your God is from the underground. So when you pray, you're gonna fuck around. No one will ever save you. When you're dead, then you're dead, there is no coming back. Your God is from the underground So when you pray, you're gonna fuck around No one will ever save you When you dead, then you dead, there is no coming back Grounded, you have been grounded Angelic limbs in flight, taxidermied into coat hangers My son asked me if we would live My son truthfully asked me if we would live Carbonite breakfast cereals with a cyanide taste profile Leaving little room for imagination Either that or nothing but room for imagination Come at the temple of the intergalactic high command To distract from your tomb, to distract from your tomb A washing afterworld reasoning and hood magic Made in the middle Physics comes straight as streets crumble, bones break as streets crumble, bones break. It's mixing ash with blood as the hell is normalized. Welcome to Los Angeles, motherfucker. Your God is from the underground, so when you pray, you cannot fuck around. No one will ever save you. Once you're dead, then you're dead. Don't come back. Microaggressions, and this one is also one that doesn't have a really good definition. So I'm going to read you the dictionary definition, and then we'll talk about it a bit, because I think it's a little fucked. But anyway, microaggressions. A statement, action, or incident regarded as an instance of indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group, such as a racial or ethnic minority. Uh, Sure, but uh, no. I I think when most people talk about you know, microaggressions, it's not... The word unintentional is never a part of the sentence. It's intentional as fuck. And the the ending here, discrimination against members of a marginalized group such as a racial or ethnic minority. True, but it can also just be on a personal level. I, I think the most common version of this microaggression situation is one that I've seen a million times with a million different friends of mine and it always just makes my fucking stomach turn it's gross and i hate it it's 
it's these elderly women who are who make these like little subtle comments at the dinner table. You know, like, oh, you must have been hungry. Oh, oh, wow, you sure are eating a lot. Like, just to fucking shame you for eating food. It is horrible, and I hate hearing about it, and it drives me nuts. And there's so many of those little fucking microaggressions that, like, they're so little that you can't do anything about it. But it's like, oh, fuck you. If you've ever been around someone who's particularly condescending, you know what I mean? It is, oof. I think hell is just a circle of people constantly doing little microaggressions at you like you're at the fucking dinner table. Like, oh, so how much money are you making now? Just shit like that. You know what I mean? That would be... Ooh. <sighs>
hindsight bias. The common tendency for people to perceive past events as having been more predictable than they actually were. People often believe that after an event has occurred, they would have predicted or perhaps even known what the outcome would have been with a higher degree of certainty. Yeah, I think that's something almost everyone struggles with, right? Perhaps I am not the only one on this planet who is at like 3 a.m. those like, oh man, I can't believe I said that shit to Jimmy on the playground when I was seven. You know, those kind of thoughts come creeping back. And it, yeah, it's it's strange. I think I was frustrated when I had those thoughts for a long time because of that hindsight bias. Because I had the thought, well, like, ah, oh, well, fuck. You know, if I went back now, I, I could have done much better. But, like, I don't really feel that frustration anymore. I've kind of let go of it. Um, it's more just like almost like an indifference now. It's kind of, you know, like when you're when you're writing and you're lead on your pencil breaks, you're like, well guess i'll go sharpen it like it's not a huge deal <laughs> you know what i mean but uh yeah that hindsight bias that's a that's a real sneaky little bitch if you're not aware of it much for listening to this episode that's that's it that's all from me uh maybe i'll do a more goofy one next time i feel like i've been using this as a journal a lot so maybe i'll do a just goofs episode next time of pure shenanigans but knowing me it'll probably get 
way too personal. But either way, thanks for uh, sticking around. I feel like I'm forgetting to say something. Uh, let's see. Um, hey, LeVar Burton, do you have anything to say to end this episode? I mean, I would prefer if you could do it like you were really trying to squeeze out a shit. Like, do it in, like, a constipated voice. But, uh, yeah, anything you want to say to the people before we head out? See you next time! Thank you.